Hello and welcome to another exciting and, I think you guessed it, jam-packed episode of Modern Day Philosophers. I'm your host, Daniel Lobel. I'm going to keep it brief. We've got a great show for you today. Nick Vatterit, very funny comedian who I've known, I say it in the interview, peripherally for a very long time. He's been a, a friend, sort of. Uh, definitely somebody who I love his comedy and I'm really happy to have him on the show here. So... You're going to get to hear that. This was recorded quite a while ago. I've changed a lot since then. I've had a baby. My views have changed. My perception of what God is and all that has changed. Um, I'm just uh, constantly taking in new information. I try to keep an open mind. And it's kind of interesting to hear myself um, recorded. You'll get an idea of when by listening to what the news references were at the time of this interview. But I just, I've changed is my point. I'm always changing. I'm growing. And I'm absorbing new things. When I go back and listen to something I recorded a while ago, this was on that memory card that wasn't working, that I was able to now retrieve the info off of. Um, it's interesting to see where I'm at compared to where I was. And it's not that different, but it's uh, it's just little nuances and things that I've, you know, maybe fine-tuned in my perspective on life. And uh, so anyway, all that aside, I just think, hey, kind of fun to see how we change, right? Maybe? No? I don't know. Was that even relevant? Was it worth bringing up? Nick Vatter, it's terrific. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You're going to hear all about them uh, a little later in the show. Uh, they're a wonderful resource. I hope you take advantage of them. And uh, anyway, without further ado, except of course for the intro song, I give you my talk with the wonderful Mr. Nick Vatter. Enjoy. When Daniel Lobel was in school, he didn't pay any attention. He's older and wiser, he's learning philosophy with his comedian hench. People, each of whom is a wonderful sage in their own right as well. It's modern day philosophers, and now here's Daniel Lobel. Okay, welcome, welcome, Nick, I'm welcoming you. I welcome, I welcome you. I- no, I welcome you. Nobody's ever welcomed me to my own home, and I love it. Make yourself at your home. <laughs> you mind if I do the dishes? Yeah, go grab some of your dishes, have your seat, you know? Just uh, actually... help yourself to all your things. <laughs> clang, clang, clang. These are the sound effects. Clang, 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 clang. Yeah, this, this sounds like we're doing dishes, doesn't it? Yeah. No, don't put any water in it. That's always what uh, the listeners want to hear, that authenticity. They want to know. Are are they just moving? Is he doing dishes or are they just moving cups around that are right in front of them? Well, that's the magic of audio. If you had video, you'd know for sure. But Uh, but audio, you can open up an entire world. You know, the budget for audio is amazing. You know, if we were to shoot this dishwash scene that that we love, you know, you'd have to set up the cameras and get the lights right and get the crew in there. Right. You know, but then, but this audio, you just put a couple cling cling, you know. They call it theater of the mind. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what that is? I always wonder what that was. I walk by there all the time. <laughs> Theater do, of the mind. What are they doing in there? <laughs> Theater of the mind. I mean, why is it 20 bucks? So I've known you for a great many years at this point, yeah. uh, at least peripherally. Is that is that how you'd put that? I, from, I was on the side. You were on the side. For a while. But every now and yeah. then I'd look to the side and you'd be there being really hilarious. I was like, in your blind spot yeah. a lot. <laughs> 
But if always... you look, if you check, <laughs> if you kind of turn your head, you'll you'll see me. Oh, there's Nick. There I am, right there. Hi, sorry. Am I in the way? Yeah. <laughs> Just a guy who's always apologizing for existing. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have been born. I'm an extra in life. Uh, yeah. Don't you yeah. feel like that sometimes? Yeah. Whose movie am I in? Yeah. Because well, it's c- not mine. How come I'm not one of the main characters here? <laughs> I always love that, uh, that, like in New York, you know, there's always like that, like, you know, when you get to New York, you look around at the buildings, and you're like, ah, this is the beginning of my New York story. <laughs> and then like, then like eight weeks later, you're like, this story sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I need better I writers. This a, any better writers? I'm like some character... I'm just, yeah, I, I am not the main character in this one at all. I think it's, I think there's like 20 other movies being filmed right now, and I'm just the guy walking in the background. <laughs> I'm not like, even kind of looking. I don't even have a headshot. But yeah, don't don't even, no speaking roles, no no lines or anything. Yeah. So where did you come from to New York? Uh, Chicago is where I was at before New York. Born, okay. raised St. Louis, comedically born in Chicago, Illinois. Ooh. It's a, I hear they make a lot of funny people out there. Oh, Chicago. well, you know what? I, I Do they make funny people or do all the funny people who are too scared to go to New York or in L.A. go to Chicago first? Mm. So then Chicago winds up just kind of getting, you know, I came up with a bunch of guys uh, in, in Chicago and people are always like, what's in the water there, man? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what's in the water? And uh you know, it's like, well, none of us were, like, from Chicago. A couple people were, you know? But yeah. people were also from, like, Iowa and Missouri and Colorado. And, and you don't want to know it's in the water. You don't want to know it's in the water. It's uh, estrogen, apparently. It's a lot of... <laughs> yeah, there's there's a That'll surprising amount of estrogen yeah. in the water. Yeah, if you have a high concentration of estrogen, yeah. you're bound to be funny. And fluoride. Mm. The government puts in estrogen and fluoride what to do keep you know us about docile. Fluoride? I know, um, I know, it, apparently it keeps us docile, really? is what I'm told. It keeps us, uh, it keeps your teeth strong. They say it's supposed to be for teeth, but then they, I also, there's a conspiracy theory that it's supposed to keep us lackadaisical. Well, then I like it. It tires us. You like it because you've been drinking the water and it's got fluoride in it. But I like being docile. I'm not a... Yeah, that's a revolutionary. I, my my problem with the docile conspiracy, the fluoride conspiracy theory, is that um, is that if they really wanted us docile, they would legalize marijuana because mm. that'll keep us docile. Yeah, maybe you like being docile. Yeah, you think it's uh, any, anything not docile is a lot of work. First of all, it sounds like a nice Dutch word. <laughs> It sounds like a an old Dutch home. <laughs> and this is welcome to my docile. <laughs> lovely. <laughs> lovely docile you have here. So <laughs> I guess my New York story started at birth. Yeah. My, so I relate more to the LA story when I came out here. Uh, so you come out and go, you like look at the you look at the city burning and you go, This is the beginning of my LA story. <laughs> It's just you never hear LA around. story. New York story is like a thing you hear. Yeah, I've New York story is a thing you hear. LA story. Well, there's uh, more like California dreaming. Like here, you're just dreaming. This is the beginning of my California dream. Just <laughs> 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 taking it all in. You know what? This is the beginning. <laughs> 
I just do it all day. I get my, I get an Uber and I go, this is the beginning of my Uber ride. <laughs> just take it all in for 20 minutes. When I first moved here, this is the beginning of my California dream. Really? This is, is this the, this is the same place you, you've been in the same two, spot the Two whole time? blocks. When I first moved here, I lived two blocks away. So you've been so, all over the city. Yeah. <laughs> I, I moved one time, very small distance, and that yeah. was it. This is a nice little house you got here. Oh, this is yeah. a nice docile you own. No, oh, yeah, it's a lovely docile, and you'll see the windmill in the back is. Oh, uh, you got a Dutch windmill back there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know it. It's. Uh, it actually doesn't even generate. Uh, you ever, they have some uh, windmills now that are powered. There's this uh-huh. one my dad likes to point out to me in St. Louis. There's a. <laughs> there's a windmill, but they they power it. Uh-huh. As, so it's. As, defeating the purpose De- completely defeating the purpose hmm. i think it might be an ad for energy but they like <laughs> they're using <laughs> they power it all day but but the mcdonald's did you see the mcdonald's on the corner when you pulled in here i think i i, I it was in my peripheral as yeah we went in um when i first moved here i'm sitting outside that mcdonald's which is also a coffee bean there's some half mcdonald's half coffee bean really yeah they're I'm, in they're in there's a wall, there's a wall in between them but oh, it's okay. the same building because I'm surprised Mick Cafe is okay with that. Yeah, they would never go for it. Right. They, they're probably enemies swearing at each other from <laughs> either side of the wall. But uh, I'm sitting outside there having a coffee, and I'm like, ah, I'm doing it. Los Angeles. And then walking through the drive-thru, he's a homeless man. Mm-hmm. 100% true story. Drops his jeans right in front no. of me. Pinches out a no. loaf right there in front of me. <laughs> I, I just sit there. Watching this with the coffee. <laughs> Me and my you just got here. Yeah. This is the beginning of your LA story. Yeah. I'm there with a uh, a new friend that I made and my brother is there with me. And we're like, yes. Wow. Los Angeles. And this guy comes, he just squats down, pinches out a loaf right mm. in front of us. Mm. And then doesn't even pull his jeans back no. up, just starts walking away, like having a hard time walking with his jeans around Man. his ankles. Oh god. We're like, wow, that's that's human shit right in front of us. Yeah. Within Less than a minute, a giant no. SUV pulls up, no. picks up all the shit in its tire. No. Uh, all of it. All gone. And then we're, we're, <laughs> we're, dying, we're dying laughing. And then oh, God. it gets better. Oh. Okay, so this guy's walking through the parking lot towards the Pollo Loco, which is there. Uh-huh. And... Uh, which I feel like I said that the whitest way possible. I, you know, you threw a little bit of L, a little bit of a Y. Should have put a little pa- the Palo Loco. Palo Loco. <laughs> I, I loved him in Rocky Three. <laughs> but um, two cops come up and question us, and uh, they say, "Hey, did you see a homeless man?" <laughs> <laughs> gonna happened crazy. to uh, defecate over here. Yeah, and we say yes. And uh, can you describe him for us? Now, I'm looking. I still see the guy. With his... <laughs> There's just a guy with pants around his ankles he waddling was, down the middle of the street behind right the car. He's right there, but I'm, not, I'm like, I'm not telling on him. Right. Yeah, so, poor guy. has got enough going on. I go, well, uh, he. Uh... <laughs> you go, it's that guy over there. Point to a different guy. I just keep talking to them. In the meantime, the guy's just yeah. walking away. <laughs> with his ass fully exposed to the parking lot. Uh... That was how my LA story began. Did the SUV have any idea? No that, idea. No. Oh, how many times do we drive through human shit that we don't know? <laughs> Metaphorically as yeah, well, you know. Metaphorically, I love that. Like, 
I, I, that is one of my favorite New York moments was uh, coming back from the Creek and Cave one night, walking over Pulaski Bridge. I mean, probably about three in the morning. Uh-huh. And I see a bunch of people kind of hanging over the, the, they're leaning against the fence, chain fence on the Pulaski Bridge uh-huh. uh, walkway, just kind of staring down at the Queens Tunnel. So what are these people doing? I walk over and I'm like, what are you guys doing? And the guy's just like, looking look at elephants. And I look down and I, I catch the tail end, literally, of a couple elephants walking through the Queen's Tunnel. <laughs> You're kidding. I guess like Bar- Bar- Barnum and Bailey's was in town or something. And I guess I guess the, uh, that's how they get the elephants to the uh, Madison Square Garden. There's no way to get them in. So they got they got to walk through the tunnel to get them in, you know? Uh-huh. Cause, oh, because they come in by train. Some would do it and there's, there's no easy way to get... I guess all the trains are underground, mm-hmm. so if they were to come in via train into Manhattan, they'd have to raise them up somehow, and they're too heavy to raise up, so they, they just walk. Plus, I, I think that I also just love walking elephants through the, tunnel. the Queen's Tunnel at, at, at 3 in the morning. And so I was like, I was kind of drunk, you know, and I was like, and I caught, the, like again, the tail end of these. I was like, is that what I saw? I was like, I just made like this quick second decision. I was like, I bet I can get to the other side of Queen's Tunnel and see them come out. Yeah. So I bolt down the bridge, run over to the uh, seven train or whatever, uh, catch the seven, uh, get out in Manhattan, and then just start running towards the Queen's Tunnel. I love and, that you did this. Yeah. And yeah. I was just like, so I was like, I got to see these guys, these elephants, you know? And yeah. then I, uh, <laughs> I'm like kind of lost. I don't quite know how to, cause it's all goofy over there, you know, and trying to figure out where they, and all of a sudden this cop sees me. He goes, he goes, you, are you looking for something? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. He goes, is it elephants? <laughs> he knew. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He goes, and he told me how to get down there. And I caught. I got down there right when they were coming out of the oh, tunnel. Oh wow! And there was like probably about like I don't know, maybe fifteen people kind of hanging around. It, you know, gotten worried uh-huh. out. These elephants come out and just. Everybody walked alongside <laughs> these elephants, like elephants. through the width of, of Manhattan all the way to Manhattan. And everyone just like jumping up and down. And, and then you see other people like kind of like they're out at three in the morning doing whatever bizarre Manhattan thing they're doing. Yeah. And then they would see this commotion. And you see some people would just stop and some people would just, they'd join in too. And now they're all running next to us. Uh-huh. And all these strangers just jumping up and down next to these elephants all the way <laughs> across Manhattan. That was pretty hilarious. You know? <laughs> Where do you go after that? You know, like, and then we we got them there, and they all went. And I was like, ah. by the way, I'm so far from my house at this point. I'm like, you know, I was like trying. I was like ten minutes from my house, but then you know, your story's a lot more exciting than mine. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I still you like saw it. elephants going through a tunnel. I saw a homeless man walking through a drive-through. <laughs> I don't know. I think you win. I bet the elephants left more shit. Though. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the SUVs saw their shit when they went through it. You know? <laughs> I love the cup. Is it elephants? No, yeah, heroin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, right, right that way, sir. Yeah, like when, when, yeah, you're trying to defeat the cop, and you know, and then the cop kind of helped me out in mine. You I, know, I, you know, I I thought where you were going with it was that he was going to. S- suspect that you were up to no good oh sure yeah but he suspected that you were up to the best good yeah like, yeah he like kinda... childlike fun oh sure yeah it yeah. was like out of a, like a black and white like movie you know he's like <laughs> oh you're looking for there's like a he had a twinkle in his eye when he said it you know 
That was my Christmas, you know. It snowed in that moment. You know? It well, was it was kind of raining and stuff too, and I was all just jumping around in the rain. Yeah. It was hilarious. I just I always love like one of those things where you like, if anyone's thinking about me right now, you know, I kind of flash in their mind. They're like, what would what would doing right now? Mm-hmm. And then it's just me jumping up and down. Yeah, you know, all these crazy <laughs> running things. with the elephants. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah, running with the elephants in Manhattan. Oh, the big city, man! You know, you're in the big city now when you see elephants. It goes back to that uh, being the star of the movie of your life. You know. Yeah. Um, I think I was closer to the star in that moment. Yeah. You know, because in that moment, I mean, who's living better than you? Nobody. You're watching elephants come through a tunnel. That's it. You know. Yeah. The movie is on you at that point. It is. You know, yeah. running through rain. I had a. I had. I was a hero, with a goal. You know what I was doing at that moment? Was it probably nothing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was three in the morning. You were probably. <laughs> Everyone probably was asleep. doing probably nothing. The, probably the movie nothing. was all on you at yeah, that point. The whole world just kind of. Stop for one second. That was your moment. You ever think about that? Like you're like, I wonder is if is there ever been a moment where just everybody is, everyone shut up? Has there ever been a moment in the world where everyone was crying at the same time? You know, mm. I mean, the odds are pretty spectacular for you know. But was it? Is this there? Is it? Was there a moment where everyone's sitting down? I remember when I was a kid and I, I was in Jewish school. They taught us that if every Jew kept Shabbat, you know, what Shabbat is. Uh, uh, kosher? No, it's uh, it's uh, not working on Saturday, not using electricity, not uh, you know, just going to temple, having a meal. Okay. Just uh, if every Jew just kept Shabbat for one week on the same Shabbat, the Messiah would come. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, let's get them all on the phone, right? I remember. You guys are holding me back, man. <laughs> they said, what is there, like six million of us or something? I, let's go. Come on. Let's Who is it? The- Who is it? Donnie? <laughs> There's one guy who Donnie just screws checks his emails. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I, it is weird. I, you know, growing up Christian, I got like, uh, you know, all these crazy ideas were ingrained in my mind, you know? And then, and then as I got into high school, I started having like, some of the things started to conflict, contradict each other, and I just got sort of like disenchanted with the whole thing, you know? Yeah. I remember I was like, I had, a, I had an uh, Uber driver one time, and he, he wanted it. It was something where he picks me up. And uh, again, something like, it's like 4 in the, 4.30 in the morning, something like that. And he was like, he, he was like, where are you going? And I was like, whatever, Greenpoint. He's like, I, I can't, I don't know if I can do it. And I was like, why? And he's like, he said he couldn't be out when the sun came up, I guess, you know? When the sun went down? It was dark, so he was worried about it coming up. up. So I don't know if he, I don't know what it meant, but Uh I was like, yeah. But you can. He's like, no, I can't. I was like, but you can't. (laughs) So, so what? I was trying to talk him out of his religion so I could get a ride. So, so what did he? He chanced it and he he drove me back, but he was really like, oh man, if I'm driving this car when the sun comes up, I eviscerate, or I don't know, you know? Wow, you, you were that compelling with your argument. I I really needed to go home. I was, I think it was like a cab. (laughs) I couldn't get a cab anywhere. It was 4 30 in the morning. But I just remember him being like, you know, the sun comes up. I'm like, you know, there was a part of me like, what if it came up and he just like started like vampire? He might have been a vampire. 
I didn't quite get yeah. what what exact religion it was and what exactly. I don't been, know a religion, but it might have been a vampire. Judaism has to do with sundown. I know. Yeah. I don't know what has is to it do is, with sun is up. It an Islam thing? Is it? I've only uh, heard of it as a vampire thing. You may have been driven home by, by a, a vampire, a full vampire. Like full vamp- <laughs> I really, I really can't. I really not supposed to. I mean, the sun comes up, and you know, I'm, I'm toast. I do. It's a very Jewish sounding vampire. Wait, are you, are you gonna finish that blood? <laughs> it's like an old oh, Catskills. <laughs> you like it? <laughs> count, count to my retirement. I can't wait. I'll be here for all. I'll be here all millennium. That's gotta be like a, a strange position. If a vampire existed and he was full, and he was, he can't, just, he, I just can't possibly. he just ate. <laughs> And he sees somebody who's like gushing with blood. He could just see, oh, oh they're yeah. so full of. Oh I, I man, just, I'm full. I just ate. I just, I, I just, I just had Tony. <laughs> just I couldn't possibly. Tony. <laughs> You're always full after a Tony. <laughs> I just, oh, I just got. Oh, to see how how big that Tony was, I had. So, what were some of the things that you learned uh, in your Christian upbringing that uh, conflicted with later in life? Oh. I didn't, you know, they were like, uh, I, the biggest conflict I'd say was them telling me that everything was true in the Old Testament. They're all, it's true. And kid raising his hand every year. Really? There's just a giant Goliath guy. Why aren't we studying this? Uh You know, he was huge. Where's his skeleton? He was Mm -hmm. the only one. There had to have been a whole race of them. Right, right. You know, of these giant Goliath people. No? Okay. All right. I don't get the ark just floods everything. They're all, everyone's dead. And then family of just, everyone's related. They make a whole, but they're not, but the, the kids aren't messed up. You know, I, I had all these questions that yeah. I just didn't make sense. And then they were like, faith, you have to have faith. You have to believe. And I was like, all right. And then I was in high school and they were like, uh, in the scripture class. And they were like, you know, a lot of the Old Testament is not real. There's stories that are uh, told in order to, you know, create points. In fact, a lot of them came from natural things that actually happened. They said the story of Moses walking through the uh, the desert where <clears throat> quail fell out of the sky and manna, you know, mm-hmm. formed on the rocks. They said it's actually a phenomenon to this day where these quail fly, get disoriented from the heat, and they 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 just collapse out of the out of exhaustion out of the sky and so quail actually do fall out of the sky it's, it's not a miracle it's actually a thing manna they said there's uh there's something from the salt water lofting around from the sea uh in the morning it, it it's it, there's dew that forms on these rocks and uh-huh. then and then when the sun comes up the water uh evaporates leaving this like salty cake thing that is manna so it's actually a natural thing that forms it's not just you know uh-huh. but i was like wait so i thought these were miracles like no nah, no nah, it's all they're all the stories you know i was like wait so adam and Eve, he's like story noah's ark story david glass story is like it's all stories he's like yeah i was like you've been telling me eight years this is all real and like that's yeah, all stories i go what about the new testament he's like oh that's real that all happened and i was like wait a minute Fool me once, you know. So like, uh, so that was that's where I started to get a little disenchanted with the whole thing, you know. And then plus, like, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff, you, you know. God's, I, you know, God, I love the stuff. It's like Adam, you know. God's like, hey, don't don't uh, don't eat that apple, or you got to wear clothes, you know. Mm-hmm. But then God's always wearing a robe, 
It's like, so why are you wearing that robe? I never learned it with God wearing a robe. He was all. Have you ever seen a picture of God? He's always wearing wearing a robe. Does he have shame? Oh, that must know? be a Christian thing. Oh yeah, the whole thing is Adam. Adam eats. They're naked. Yeah, butt ass naked. That's it. it. Was like, and in the beginning, Adam and Eve were butt ass naked, and then, yeah. uh, and then, and then Adam eats the apple, and he's like, "Up, oh, you got to wear clothes now." And then, but that's, <laughs> that's a huge reason. expense. And, yeah, uh, it was such a weird punishment. Laundry. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to do laundry. <laughs> yeah. I always love to like they always like they're like uh, Adam. Adam ate the apple, mm-hmm. but they're like the way we're taught, the way Christians teach it. Adam didn't eat the apple. Eve tempted Adam into eating the apple. Eve gets a hundred percent of the blame. Well, on this you whole turned thing. into a preacher. That Eve, Eve, the wicked Eve, <laughs> wicked Eve made Adam. It's like Don Pardo. <laughs> oh, now you have to wear angle socks and cowboy hats. Yeah, Jewish people were not allowed to to draw an image of God. You're not even allowed. Really? To, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I. I, I must have drawn something of God, and they were like, oh, no. No, 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 no. They no? took it away. They took it away? Like, yeah, no, no, no. We don't draw God here. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Was it a cool picture? Did you drive him? I don't remember. Did you draw him like? I don't know. I just remember that happening. Like That's so weird. You're, like, you're not allowed to draw God. Nobody knows what God looks like. You can't give God a form. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's such a... Yeah, Have my picture know. back. We'll just say it's from my friend. <laughs> it's Stan. <laughs> This is Steve, my butt with his giant beard and the whole thing. Oh, that's so weird, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. Whatever. People, do do you get anything out of religion now? I do, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, I was really against it. Um, And um, then my wife converted to Judaism against my wishes. Really? And uh, and then I, you know, I tell people, I think I converted back to Judaism too. But I found it in a different way i found value in it i think if it, it's you know christianity is like the dare program if mm-hmm. you just would have been straight and honest about with the get-go i think it would have been more you know the problem with the dare program is that they equated marijuana to like all you know cocaine and yeah you know, and all that stuff so when kids find out that everything they said about marijuana was untrue they sort of cast doubt on, on everything that they said you know uh, uh, went too far yeah like they weren't like guys marijuana's it's okay is you know if you're yeah. gonna do if you're gonna do one do marijuana you know or i don't know how exactly you tell kids that but they were just like all dr-. i remember as a kid thinking the, the dare program painted marijuana in such a light that i i literally thought i was like if i ever if there am i if i'm ever like, like a drug dealer who's on high on marijuana mm-hmm. and has a gun i'm just gonna walk straight towards him because he's gonna be so messed up he won't be able to hit me with the bullets <laughs> I, this, that was a thing I really thought as a kid. I remember being like, if I'm ever in a drug dealer, yeah. I'm just going to walk straight at him. You know can't. what? It might work because you'd look so insane and furious. <laughs> this little 10-year-old kid just like walking. <laughs> what does he have on him? I don't know. <laughs> the, the other thing, what uh, I was thinking when you were talking about the, the natural phenomenons is I always think that's a very funny thing that like some people – explain parts of the bible through science so they're like so the story is now grounded in science but still a true story instead of like rejecting it full on and being like this is all made up they're like it's mostly true but i'll tell you what isn't true (laughs) that one element of it that (laughs) like to me i feel like either the stories are true or they're allegorical 
Yeah. And um, and then I always find it entertaining when people are like, listen, this all happened, but it can be explained. Right. <laughs> like, right. These are these are very embellished. Like, why even say that any of it happened? They're like, no, no, no. It happened. Yeah. But that uh, turkey was actually a pheasant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. They, they, uh, you know, they, they, if they, they're not all on the same page is the problem. Uh-huh. You know, I got, I got one set of teachers who I think believe that all that stuff is true. Yeah. I believe that the old Testament is all, all really happened. I mean, these creationists are like, what, what I don't get about creationists is that like, I mean, Tim Allen, poor Tim Allen, love Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. So funny, you know, um, you know, and he's just trying to be like, you know, he's got he's got some very conservative, you know, viewpoints, which I think is good. There should be more of that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in in the Hollywood talking head, you know, world. But like, but then he's like, um, if uh, you know, he did the, he made something recently. He was like, well, if, if if evolution is real, then explain monkeys, you know. And like, come on, man, you can't do like. What do you mean, explain monkeys? Like, explain how they still exist? Yeah, and why, why they're didn't not human? they exist? Into like, you can't just like ignore <laughs> all the work that all these scientists and, and have done mm-hmm. for hundreds of years and, and, and go back, like, back back to monkeys yeah you just can't be like uh magic doesn't exist well then explain how my phone took your picture you know like uh-huh. you can't just yeah, like, yeah, ignore yeah. you know uh, like also evolution like there's throughout time there's different versions of humans that we find that have we're at different periods of time like, right, you know, right. I, you're just gonna ignore all that stuff you know, dinosaur yeah. bones are planted by the devil. That's hilarious. You don't believe in dinosaurs, but you do believe a devil type character <laughs> made d- dinosaur bones. It's yeah, just, that's it's just digging holes and planting bones that he made up. That's so much more insane than dinosaurs. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a funny theory. I've heard that one before. Uh, I think from Christians, but just the the idea of a devil planting dinosaurs. Just, uh, it's so funny. The devil's hilarious. Gotcha. Gotcha. Big lizards, they'll never, this will throw them. Yeah, now you think this, these these lizards were around. What's the end game on (laughs) that? It's a great (laughs) prank. (laughs) Such a great plan, too. Like. I'll get you, God. Yeah. God's like, all right, I've got it all set up for humanity to do the right thing. And I'm going to give you one chance here. You try and throw them off. The, What'd you come up with? <laughs> Big lizard bones. <laughs> okay, okay. But, but. They're, <laughs> they're in holes underground. Yeah, I'm not seeing. Uh, this is it. Big big lizard bones. We got them where we want them. <laughs> Just a misguided devil. <laughs> Inept devil so funny. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. What was the thing you said about Tim Allen before you talked about the evolutionary thing? Was there something? Oh. You said he was, oh, creationist. Uh, it's That was a very creationist uh, uh, type argument that he made. I don't, I don't know exactly your points. What is was... a creationist exactly? Just someone who believes in creation? I think they believe that uh, it started with Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. They think I think they think the Old Testament is all real. It's all documentation. So that's yeah. what a creationist. It's not someone who believes in create because I believe in creation. But you, I think they they don't believe in evolution. They, believe they don't believe in, in so I, so it's they believe in creation but not evolution. Is there a destructionist? Right. 
Uh, I'm, a dis- I'm a destructionist. You believe it's all falling apart. <laughs> you believe this is all going to shit. Yeah, I think this it's all. It's all, all yeah. going to leave us with just Adam and Eve at the end. Everyone's going to die. It's a Benjamin off. Button situation. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of this beginning, we're reverse time. Everything that's about to happen to this conversation has already happened, and everything I've already said hasn't happened yet. <laughs> or just everybody's going to slowly, slowly die off. Leaving only two people who will then return an apple to a tree and yeah. game over. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And then it all, I mean, I think I think a lot of people actually think that with the, the Big Bang goes out and then comes back in. <laughs> then they'll the drop their clothes, walk through a drive through and uh, end of story. Right. He, Boom. He, he barfs the apple <laughs> he, so he can take his clothes off. Destructionist. I like a destructionist. I, I, I like you hard campaigning destructionist. Yeah. You know? Like it's all going. I mean, that is, I, I, did God create evolution? I think is a, uh, an idea that I, I one believe, could have. I believe that. I yeah. believe that everything comes from a creator mm-hmm. and things are set into motion and things evolve. But how do you sit in that uh, who created the creator? Where do you put that in your mind so it feels okay? Because it always feels like a rock in my shoe when I just I'm just who like, created the creator. He's just he was just always was. I don't know. I've increasingly come to this. I think it's all. I think the best thing I can think of right now is that it's a, it's the whole the, just this idea that it's all everything. That God is is less of a uh, you know guy you can't draw. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and more of just it's it's all of everything. You know, well, we, explain we, that yeah. everybody, everything in the universe is God. Um, it's all a version of him, energy, light, well, yeah. souls. That is what I think that. God is, as opposed to some guy behind the curtain, you know, or even an entity or, um, which, uh, yeah, all these like interpretations of God, you know, the, the Bible sort of like, it, it points, it's like, you know, or the, even the old Testament is like, God is love. And you're like, what is this vague? Con- I just love the idea of these existential concepts they're teaching to kids in like third grade. Like mm-hmm. God is love. And you're like, okay. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, God's love. And you're like, I'm, I'm going to be fine with that as an explanation. And you know, yeah. what does that mean? But then if you're like, well, what he's, he is love as in, you know, all good positivity in the universe is, uh, you know, is, is sort of him. You know, and that's like, oh, I can wrap my I can wrap my mind around that better than just the idea of like God is love. Right. All right go play now. Like, God's love. Okay. <laughs> you know, like uh and then what happens when you hear God forbid? It's love Love forbid. forbid. Love Love forbid. Yeah, see that's where it's like the God is love. Like you, the the thing they taught us I read one character of a um priest who was just like, if God is love and, and love is blind and blind is Ray Charles, then therefore Ray Charles has got and as an example of like all the explanations of what God don't match up with all the explanations of what God is the best I've been able to come to is that there is a a great creative force within the universe okay which is God that's right. that is a, a setting into motion of everything that is uh-huh. and everything that is is a cell in the body of God okay yeah sure then um, and therefore, that connects everybody and everything, right? Um, and everything, and that there is some force for good and some force for bad in the world. Uh-huh. And when the force for good is is overtaking the force for bad, the interconnectivity all works better within the cells of the body, like cancer being the bad force uh-huh. attacking certain cells when the the good cells get rid of the cancerous cells, the whole body functions better. 
Okay, can you have 100% good, or does there always need to be some sort of yin-yang? I think there always has to be something, because, like, you know, you think you're doing good, and then you throw your back out. That happened to me. <laughs> that's, that's basically God in a nutshell. <laughs> but why don't people talk about God in that, like, uh, you know, we're saying the same thing. Why don't people talk about God in, 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 in that capacity more often is, is sort of it's this all as opposed to just this single entity that rules why don't they talk about it as like it's all this existence because i feel like that's what they're trying to get at but they're not being straightforward with it you know yeah i think what's happened with god is kind of like what's happened with politics where like everybody's on one extreme side or the other right like it's like this is God, and we can't veer away from this is what we say God is, and that's God, and, and, and everybody else is like, you know what? Then there is no God, you know? <laughs> Fine. Then you don't get a God. <laughs> no, you don't get a God. There's not much in the middle talk, you know? There's not much like, hey, you know what? I think we might both have points here, you know? Yeah, right. Which, yeah, politics or religion or whatever, there's, no, there's very i don't know i still sometimes think that there's more people that think that than we i i think 20 percent of the people think 80 percent wait 80 percent of the people think 20 percent of the people represent the thinking of 80 percent of the people you know yeah but so, it's because the other 80 percent of the people are too quiet exactly you know or yeah. or just busy with a desk job yeah just living their they're life just like yeah. they actually are happy and they're fine with the whole thing and they're just like going the through two. it you yeah know? like i have to wake up i have to get the kids to school i gotta work I got to come home. I got to make sure there's dinner on the table. I got to go to bed. What do I think of all that? Uh, I have opinions. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, right. you know. Yeah. I, but, but the people who are out there shouting the opinions, they don't have any of that going on usually. Right. They, they're not that busy. They, uh, yeah, they don't have kids that they're trying not to kill. You know, they're, yeah. they're not, they don't have like, you know, there's a lot of people. I'm most vocal uh, on Facebook when I am out of work. And I uh, don't have any, you <laughs> yeah. know, like when I don't have a job, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, you got to try and find something for yourself. You're yeah. like, you know what? I don't quite much care for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to spend an entire afternoon telling a guy I barely know on Facebook why he's wrong about yeah. the wall. You know, and it's like, that's what I did with my afternoon. Yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, my friends with kids that they're, you know, trying to, um, you know, uh, uh, protect and you know, or just like, yeah, I just don't have time. Here's a picture of my baby, okay? yeah. And then there's some food I ate earlier today, and that's about all I can really give to Facebook right now. By the way, since you brought up the wall, I was thinking about this this week, okay? The amazing significance of walls in the world, okay? I mean, like, a wall is something you'd never you see a wall, you're always surrounded by walls, we're surrounded by walls right now, right. But you never think about a wall unless it just stands by itself as not part of a structure. Oh, that's very weird. Right? Because it's not quite serving its wall purpose. A wall usually is a protection. But if it's a freestanding wall, you just go around it. But when there's a freestanding wall, it gets so much more attention than a wall connected (laughs) to other walls. Right. Like the Western Wall. Right. Gets tons of attention because it's just a wall. Yeah. The Great Wall. Yeah. That's a lot of attention. Trump's talking about building a wall. They're like, connected to what? And he's like, connected to nothing. Everyone's like, now this we could talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, You once you add a roof, it's no longer a wall. It's now a house. But there's walls in the house. Yeah. But nobody's that impressed with those walls. They're yeah. part of a house. Yeah. We're like the house. 
the walls get lost. There's no attention on them anymore. Well, poor roofs. You never like roofs never get to have their day. Yeah, you, there's never like a freestanding <laughs> roof. Trump's like, I'm building a roof. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this roof. Right. <laughs> I wish I, the Berlin I would, walls and yeah, the Berlin roof. Yeah, I would totally support if Trump wanted to build a roof that that I could get on board with. Yeah, I mean, we're building a roof over all of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> it serves no real. No They'll never see the sun. Yeah. They'll never get rain. Take that say it. Yeah, protect them from the elements. <laughs> That could kill off a whole country if you could build a roof around it. Oh, yeah. 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 Their crops would be screwed. Everything is o- it's over. But they wouldn't have to deal with, you know, sunburn. Isn't that crazy? All you have to do is put up a roof yeah. and then you kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that is like the, the classic block. And I will block out the sun, you know, yeah. and that's how, I will, uh, that's how they control the world. I think in Bond and Mr. Burns did it too, I think. Yeah, Hitler really went through a lot of unnecessary effort with concentration camps. All he had to do was build a roof. Yeah, that would have... It's like, uh, now we will kill them with gas and we will kill them with ovens. And it's like, could have just built a roof. They would not get their vitamin K, <laughs> the necessary nutrient from sunlight. <laughs> it's an important. It's crazy. Like, you know, you talk about the idea of the heavens being up there. Uh-huh. I think about that sometimes. Like, I feel like sometimes LA is disconnected from the heavens because we never get rain oh like, yeah like like almost like uh like places that get a lot of rain are more connected to the heavens like oh interesting like oh look like seattle is, is a real is like, really tapped in yeah like maybe it's more godly in seattle because you have more green everywhere and like right. everybody's healthier and but but like the more that like we have a thick layer of smog that's like oh yeah can disconnecting us from from like the heavens Ooh. Yeah. It's like uh, if we could get rid of that smog, like maybe the smog is more than just smog. Like maybe the smog is is separate. Like like it's a less godly place. Like people in L.A. are less into spirituality because of this smog barrier. The you don't have this this rain gateway. Like there's got to be a connection between up there and down here, or you die. Maybe like maybe the death could be a spiritual death. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe Ooh, I, yeah. your soul die. You see, you think you think it's a possibility of your soul dying. You think that can happen at some point in existence? I don't know. I also. What about dimensions? You know, we always look up and down. You know, uh-huh. but do we ever look inside the particles of our mind? You know, can we? I think that's, that's what drugs are. For. You know, all this drug stuff. I don't. I wonder if you do get tapped into. I. I. I think. I think religion and science get interesting when they could sort of explain each other. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea. I'm, I'm fascinated. I talk about this a lot. This uh, Higgs particle, the God particle. Who are you talk about it? I, I feel like I bring it up on podcasts oh, a okay. lot because I love talking about it. <laughs> uh, I also talk, uh, also just in my sleep. Okay. Also, I'll just wake up in the middle and I like, ah, the God particle. <laughs> 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 Girlfriend's like, go back to sleep. I figured it out. The super collider, they're doing it all wrong. <laughs> Tell me in the morning, and then in the morning you yeah, don't remember like, ah, it. Ah, was something about the meaning of the all of us. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so let's hear about it. Well, they're trying to prove this thing called the uh the the Boston Higgs, the Boston, mighty mighty Boston big Higgs particle. And then the but the Higgs particle, if they they say if they would prove this particle, it would prove this 
the other thing they don't talk about, which is the Higgs field. The Higgs field would lie inside the, the Higgs particle would lie inside this Higgs field. So essentially, there's this idea of like, and I don't I don't quite know which exact particles or if particles is the wrong some tiny unit of something changes its characteristics, um, even though they can be two of them are completely identical. How how is this possible? Well, for instance, let's say this, uh, you know, this glass right here. Um, if you put this glass, how could two identical versions of this glass have different characteristics? Well, if one was on Earth and one was on the moon, it would change weight, you know, so by the other forces that are uh, inflicted upon it. So now it's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, now that's why it changes its characteristics and be identical for the forces that are applied upon it. So sometimes they have a thing and its characteristics are different. They don't know why. Oh, what if there's another force inflicting something on this that's changing it? Mm -hmm. uh, that would explain why it's changing it. So what would this force be? It's not gravity. It's like, what if there is this uh, field that goes through all of existence. It's between you and I right now. It connects us in some way. Um, you know, thoughts I have, or, you know, maybe physical motion or just light bouncing off me or something, something goes through this field and, and interacts and connects with everything. And all these particles live inside this giant field that goes through all of the universe, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and then it's like, well, if that is the case, then everything might be connected. And then like, then you start to go, it, it sort of backs up. Like, what if everything is, then it's, everything's God, God is all connected and we're all connected and we're all love and love. We, you know, if positive thoughts that go through this thing, mm -hmm. sort of, uh, uh, you know, connect things and, and have a positive influence on them. And then, I don't know, it's, it's. That's what's fascinating to me of like if 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 the super collider proved the existence of God somehow and that was that we were all it, you yeah. know. Um I don't know. I, I need to build a super collider in my backyard and just Do you need anything here that could help? I could, do you have some I need a tin can, some yarn, and then a, a super collider. How about a dog collar? That'll <laughs> <laughs> just MacGyver this thing, you know. Uh, <laughs> you ready to look at this philosopher? I think uh, I'm feeling warmed up. Are you? I love it, man. We're getting really deep into this whole deal, yeah. you know. Watch this guy be more shallow than what we were talking yeah. about. We're yeah. Like, wait a Dinosaur minute. Dinosaur bones uh, are God. Wait, what? But first, a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, listen, those of you who have been with me and been with the show for a long time know firsthand. I've been through my own fair share of struggles with things like depression and anxiety. Hey, listen, those of you who have been with the show for a long time and been with me know firsthand that I've suffered with all kinds of stuff, depression, anxiety, and stress, and uh, you've heard me work through it, and I couldn't have done it without therapy. Therapy is so important, and it makes one wonder, is there something perhaps that you, yes you, are finding interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from reaching your goals. Well, therapy worked for me and it could work for you. And here's an option for therapy that makes it more easy and more convenient than ever. BetterHelp Online Counseling, it's there for you. Think about this. No matter where you are in all 50 states or anywhere around the world, you can get on BetterHelp 24 hours a day and speak with a licensed counselor who is specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, or self-esteem. They are there, and they are ready to talk to you, 
In fact, you can communicate with them in four different ways. You could text, chat, phone, and video conference with them. Uh, and that's available on desktop, mobile devices, Android and iOS, mobile web, and and it couldn't be more convenient, really. Imagine you're in a place where there's no therapist who is licensed and specializes in what you need them for. Or you have a hectic, busy schedule and you can't make it to a therapist office. Or you don't want to go in. You want the convenience of being able to talk to a therapist in your space on your time. Well, you can do all that with BetterHelp. And it's pretty cool. It's all confidential. And it's a private and safe online environment. Very convenient. All right. So check this out. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states, as I mentioned. Broad expertise in the network, which may not be locally available in many areas. Also something I mentioned to you. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. It's secure, convenient, professional, and most importantly, affordable. It's not a crisis line. And best of all, it is something that my listeners, Modern Day Philosophers listeners, get 10% off on for your first month when you use the tis- discount code MDP. So go on there, check out betterhelp.com MDP, and you can get 10% off, 10% off your first month. Go get some help. It's the best gift you can give yourself. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash MDP. Simply fill out a questionnaire and help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash MDP. So important and so helpful. Check it out. All right. Back to our show. So the guy that Alex picked for you is Miguel D. Cervantes. I'm are probably you, are saying, you saying it wrong. that right? No, I'm almost positive. No, maybe he was saying it wrong, and you're saying it right for the first time. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I can get on board with that. How would you say it? Here's the name. Where is it? Um, <clears throat> Miguel de Cervantes. That sounds That's right. That's how I would say it. Well, yeah. obviously, you know someone with that same name. If I don't know how to pronounce the name, I give it a very <laughs> French accent. Assume. Well, he was... Uh, Miguel, that's French, right? Spanish. He was Spanish. Oh, Miguel's Spanish. And he lived from September 29th, 1547. Assumed. It says in parentheses. Assumed. Assumed. Okay. assumed. Some assumed. people might we be We assumed saying, he was born. Then. <laughs> That's very just, specific. He might have just manifested. We assume it was the 29th. Okay. Why don't we just say assume sometime in September? That's hey, don't hold specific. me to it. <laughs> it was hundreds of years ago. Don't hold me to it. <laughs> Till April 22nd. I wish, I wish more history books were like, I mean, at least that's what I heard. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Joan of Arc, it tells all the story. At least that's, that's yeah. the story going around. Yeah. All right. Next, the Revolutionary War. <laughs> Every piece of history should end with the words more or less. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't quote me on that. You know? like, that's so funny. Um, so he lived till April 22nd, 1616. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a Spanish writer who was widely regarded as the greatest writer in the Spanish language and one of the world's preeminent novelists. 
His major work, Don Quixote. Oh, this is this guy? Yeah. Ah. I've heard of Don Quixote. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. What do you know about it? Anything? See, Don Quixote, from what I understand, uh, I got an F on it because I never read it. Uh-huh. And then they, uh, I never well, did the report, so I got an F on that one. Yeah. Wasn't he the guy who uh, was looking for the Fountain of Youth in Florida? I thought it was the guy with the donkey who went around with Dunkin' Donuts coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're you right. remember, remember that right. guy? Yeah. Wait, what was he? Was it... Wait, Juan Valdez? No. <laughs> I don't know. I'll fi- I guess we'll find out. The great philosopher Juan Valdez. <laughs> uh, Don Quixote. Don Quixote. That's why I think it's the donkey part. Yeah, you do picture a donkey. Don Quixote, I've always pictured him on a donkey. With a coyote? I never pictured him with, and I always pictured him with a Dunkin' Donuts, too. Just kind of like trying not to spill it as he's going up and down the... (laughs) Don Quixote is considered the first modern novel, a classic of Western literature. Ponce de Leon, is that who I'm thinking of? I think so. But Don Quixote, I Wait thought he minute. was trying to get gold or something. Wait a like minute, that. who is who is Marco Vespucci? Mario Vespucci. That was wasn't that that character from SNL, the the <laughs> rabbi? No. Who is that? That's, that's the guy America was named for Marco Vespucci. Oh, wait, I'm thinking Vespucci. of Sergio. I don't know. Ah, More or less. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> Quote us on that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Here we go. Considered the first modern novel, a classic of Western literature, is regarded amongst the best works of fiction ever written. That was the first novel. Regarded as what was the what was the one with the five circles of hell? Uh, Dante's Inferno. Yeah, when was that? I thought that was the first novel. What about a Homer? What about Odysseus? Ulysses. Well, this is one of the first. Yeah. It could have been like thousand first. This is 1400, and then Alyssa. Oh, no, it says considered the first modern novel. A modern novel. Modern novel. All right. So those are like old school novels. What about those Choose Your Own Adventures? When did those come out? Those would be um, postmodern novels. (laughs) That's tomorrow. (laughs) After now. Um, His influence on the Spanish language has been so great that the language is often called... La lengua de Cervantes, the huh. language of Cervantes. Huh. He influenced. Is it like, is it like we're like maybe rap lyrics kind of uh, become part of vernacular? In a, in, and is that what it is? Did he use like slang and sayings in there? Is it like Shakespeare? I'm sure a lot of Shakespeare uh, influenced a lot of English language. Yeah, probably. Huh. I feel like I want to like compete now. I want to come up with some stuff where people say the language of Loba. <laughs> English. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the idea of like, yeah, I didn't really uh, bring anything to the comedy table, but you know, people say, uh, people say uh, butter as uh, like, I introduced the idea of instead of like, uh, say that again, I go, uh, butter as in repeat what you just said. Yeah. That was the thing I brought to the language that changed the language. <laughs> you know, our language is nowadays we're, we're butchering the language so much that we're changing it just out of like, it's going in this wrong direction. You know, uh-huh. I think Shakespeare, he, he started saying these cool witticisms, you know, brevity is the soul of wit. And then people started saying that all the time. And now uh-huh. we're just like, LOL. <laughs> so, so you think that's the wrong direction? 
I think we're going in the wrong direction. I think internet, well, now because we're communicating, languages, communications, we're communicating through a text. And uh, we use these emoticon hieroglyphics to sort of just give emotion to each other. But maybe it's that brevity that's going to save time and extend lives. Like, maybe we've been spending too much time getting our thoughts out. You know, I as much as I we hate emoticons, just sort of just be able to and, and get the thought across to somebody of how you feel uh-huh. in just one little push of a button is sort of very economical. I started using smiley face and texts after years of rejecting them. Yeah. And you know what? I like it. Yeah. And I like that a lot of people I send it to might not like it. I like getting one. It feels nice sometimes, yeah. you know? But I send them to someone. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hit them with a smiley face because I know they're going to be like... <laughs> Did he just send me a? <laughs> I like on Facebook. Facebook now has like the wow. Like you just, it's a guy going wow, which is <laughs> such a vague. If it's such yeah. a vague, because uh, you could either be. It, <laughs> it's kind of a shitty thing to like post because someone will be like, got sir, got you know, like uh, I don't know. They post whatever, like hey, getting married Thursday, and just like wow, you know, like is it? Am I impressed or am I sort of being like? really you know like it's kind <laughs> yeah. of vague about what i'm trying to i know the spot. face you're talking about that. <laughs> yeah hey man i got it i am working i got a new job at sprint wow <laughs> all right what a- <laughs> somebody posted something about a relative of theirs passing away and i put a heart on facebook why would you but then that? I th- because I was I went, I want to oh, say like, my heart goes out to you, but right. then I thought it looks like oh, i love it i love yeah. that you lost your relative yeah there's not a good funeral phase you either like it, then people will like it. Uh-huh. Well, I don't like it, I don't like but I like you trying to support. You then know? there's this the sad one, but it's like, I guess that's your best option is the sad one. Yeah. But what if you just want to send support, not sadness? Yeah. It, I mean, you could uh, write something. You're uh, asking a lot. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you might as well. No, I'll jot something down sometimes, but I, I, I do. There should be like a. There should be like I don't know how to comfort you in this best emoticon, <laughs> like a guy who is like awkwardly this emoticon trying. world of like <laughs> communicating in this weird, just awkward, you know, a, a way to sort of express this and, and get feedback. I mean, do do people are they grieving and then they sort of kind of glance down and be like, "This is getting a lot of likes, though. This is getting a lot of traction." Right now. I think so. Probably it's weird. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the the well, I was like, that's what's funny to me about Facebook is Facebook is like if uh, like the Facebook news feeds reads if uh, is if the this the Sunday paper was put together by a complete fucking maniac, mm-hmm. you know, because just the way that it reads, it's just like, hey guys, you know, school starts school starts Monday, right? I, it's with my uh, heavy heart that my uh, you know right, wife right. of thirty years passed away today, and it's like, hey, does it, this tree this tree stump looks like a butt, <laughs> you know, and it's like reading. <laughs> I, I once did that on uh, at an open mic. I just read the feed of like, oh, let's yeah. see what's going on, but not with the person's name. Just read through it. Yeah, it's it is. It's like you said. It's just chaos. It's really it's chaos because everybody's posting. You know all these things. They don't right. know. You know, there's no tact of like how it reads together. It doesn't be like, hey guys, this is a feed of kind of serious stuff, and this is a feed. It's just right. everyone screaming into this. Ooh, I like scroll. that separating the feeds. I think so. And then people would sneak into the other feed just to get more likes because it would stand out you think so it's like a wall it's like a wall by itself 
we need to put walls between the uh, sort of uh, yeah the through lines that are happening. Right, right, right. I don't know because I think I I think that might happen. I don't know because people don't want to hear the political stuff sometimes, and they just want to see you know yeah filter out political Imagine. filter out political yeah yeah I'm still thinking about that emoji of the uh, awkward embrace. <laughs> <laughs> just a little smiley face with hands on either side. Go, no, no. Awkward embrace emoji. Like Chewy. Do we? No. Yeah. Do I know you well enough? I mean, I don't want to. It's a face that changes expression. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that thing with the neck. Like. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, it's that look where you're like, hey, uh, I, I want to tell you sorry for your loss, but also like, uh, can you move your car? Because you're like parked right where, like, behind my car. Like, I don't, <laughs> that real awkward. Okay. He, he has, uh, back to uh, Cervantes, he has also been dubbed El Principe de los Ingenios, which means the Prince of Wits, uh, if that's how you say it. In 1569, in forced exile from Castile, Cervantes moved to Rome, where he worked as chamber assistant of a cardinal. That's not a nice gig. Uh, then he enlisted as a soldier in a Spanish Navy infantry hmm. regiment and continued his military life until 1575 when he was captured by Barbary pirates. Man, this guy had... Barbary pirates. Barbary pirates. Barbary pirates. They're like Burberry pirates in my head. They're very like well dressed uh, in pink plaid pirates. From the Barbary store. <laughs> After they just cut, they just cut their hair and just wear nice sweaters. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, hey, look at these uh, fairly preppy pirates. <laughs> <laughs> the word is posh. Posh. <laughs> that's a nice that's a nice wooden leg captured by burberry pirates they're all wearing this this beige scarves with the... uh, good sir we are uh, burberry pirates <laughs> we are heading to the drive of rodeo would you join us burberry pirates. take my booty do you know who my father is <laughs> seriously does anyone know <laughs> <laughs> after five years of captivity he was released on payment of ransom by his parents after you you know my father is not line really worked. daddy daddy <laughs> get me out of navy jail how much do you want for him he was released on payment of ransom by his parents and the trinitarians a catholic religious order and he returned to his family in madrid in 1585 cervantes published a pastoral novel named La Galatia. He worked as a purchasing agent for the Spanish Armada and later as a tax collector for the government. In 1597, discrepancies in his accounts for three years previously landed him in the crown jail of Serville. Man, this guy. Fraud. He was up and down, up and down. First of all, I love the Trinitarians. They sounds like somebody that, that that attacked the Star Trek Enterprise. Oh yeah, who is it? Spock. It's the Trinitarians. <laughs> They're trying to convert us. No. <laughs> <laughs> Put your um, phasers on. None of that. 
Put your phaser set on. I'm having none of that. Trinitarians! It's the Trinitarians! <laughs> we should, yeah, well, that'd be a, I, I would, I would go back into Catholicism if I was called a Trinitarian. Oh yeah, that's all it would take. Catholic, but <laughs> Trinitarian. Trinitarian. Yeah, and that you know, I'm sure at first Catholic sounded like Trinitarian. You think so? Yeah, they're like, ooh, Catholic. that was like the original, like uh, because they were coming from Jewish. They're like Jewish Catholic. Catholic. What is that? Yeah, it's ooh, this is a fancy new name. Uh, yeah. Like a new title. In 1605, Cervantes was in Valladolid when the immediate success of the first part of his Don Quixote published in Madrid signaled his return to the literary world. In 1607, he settled in Madrid where he lived and worked until his death. During the last nine years of his life, Cervantes solidified his reputation as a writer, publishing the novelas Edge Emplares. Exemplary novels in, oh, exemplaris, exemplary, I get it. In 1613, the Viage al Parnaso, journey to Parnassus. I don't know what a lot of these words are, but it, they sound delicious. <laughs> this sounds like a great menu you're reading. Yeah, about. would you like the Parnassus? Yeah, does that come with um, the other word I didn't know? Spanish rice. Spanish rice, rice, Spanish rice, that's right. <laughs> that's the word you didn't know. <laughs> in, four, in 1614 and Ocho Comedias y Ocho and the second part of Don Quixote in 1615 his last work Los Trabajos de Porsales y Sigmunda he could have made that a little shorter made it easier for me yeah I think a lot of these could stand a little yeah, Re- rewriting for titles. I mean, <laughs> I, here's what I: How did anyone know what they were buying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the works of Persilis and Sigismundo was published posthumously in 1617. And Alex writes that what you have in common with Miguel is that uh, Nick had a set where he quote unquote forgot his jokes and pulled out. A meta set list. This philosopher has a character who forgets who he is, and the book is a meta analysis of literature itself. Oh, interesting. It's sort of like a meta thing folding inside of itself. Yeah, that's. I, I remember that, that set. Where, uh, what was that on Fallon? Yeah. That was great. I, you pull out this giant. Uh, I always found everything you do is, is very great, very creative, and different than oh, what you. other people do. That's what is, is, is interesting when you see how guys, you know, uh, like Miguel, um, you know, Salvador Dali, I like a lot. Anyone takes like sort of the form of whatever they do and sort of like play around with it. And mm-hmm. I was like, like being like, okay, cool. How could I be inspired by that to apply that towards comedy in some way? Is that you how know? you come to these places? I think, um, I think I definitely am like, it, it maybe a general philosophy or ideology is reinforced or reinvigorated or re-inspired when I see like other people, you know, when I hear of a guy like, you know, sort of having this character of this, you know, oblivious thing to sort of comment on the thing that he's inside, you know, like Salvador Dali. I remember like, I, who was it? Uh, there was some museum that I went to where he was, um, they talked about like, you know, 
he was, you know, he, he did all these different types of things. He would have a artistic idea and then he would try to think of, he didn't, he didn't sit there and be like, today I'm going to do a painting. This is the painting I'm going to do. And he would, uh, instead he would have a, a idea and be like, what was, what's the best way to express this idea? Mm-hmm. Is this idea best expressed as a painting or maybe this idea is best expressed as a sculpture or maybe it's best expressed as a poem or a film or, you know, like sort of, and then taking comedy, you know, applying that to comedy, be like, oh, here's a, here's an interesting idea. Is this best, uh, is this something that should be expressed in stand up? Or maybe this is like a sketch, or maybe this would be a, a, maybe a mini play that could be written or something like that. The idea of like, what's the best way to express this comedic thing? I thought was, yeah. you know, inspired yeah. by how Dali approaches things, you know? So would you say when you, put together material you're mostly conceptual at first and then filling it in or are you coming up with joke ideas and fitting it into a concept i think you know there's like uh comedic ideas you know but then like when there when a concept arises then now i have these and i kind of need things to put inside of it Mm -hmm. to have things that kind of live inside to have like a joke that lives on its own is necessary to to hold together the conceptual thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So like this idea of like on the uh, on the album, I just I, the last album I did with this director's commentary that I did throughout the entire album, uh-huh. you know, like <laughs> the director's commentary is fun, but it needs it needs some it needs like substance, it needs like actual bits that live on their own inside of it. Right. To sort of, you know, sustain. Sort of, yeah. Legitimize this like sort of me coming in and making fun of what I just did and, and, and calling out the odd, knowing the audience wasn't going, was going to react in a certain way to a joke and having a pre played thing being like, yeah, the audience always groans at that one, or, you know, or like, <laughs> which then they laugh because then they knew that I knew that they were going to groan. Yeah. That's why I did it. But then I need to do like, yeah. So I think like, because I love doing conceptual stuff. I always love the idea of like, um, you know, you have like five jokes or bits in a row. Um, but I think I, early on, I got fascinated with like, what happens in between the bits and can there be a thing that holds the whole thing together? So it, it's, it's, it's instead of like six unrelated thoughts, it, mm-hmm. it kind of fits together in in some way. Nothing bothers me more than forced transition. <laughs> You'd rather just somebody just kind of just, just say the different thing. Yeah. Of like, and that's what yeah. I'll, I'll do. And people have often said, you know, you need transition stuff. You know, I go, no, you don't. Doesn't I don't. Know. Yeah. You don't. You don't. Uh, I haven't heard that criticism in a long time. So maybe I'm doing something better, but, but people used to say that to me. Uh, uh, and I just, I always hate because you see it, you know, you're like, and speaking of uh, driveways, uh, you know, right. Uh, yeah. You know, or or anything, just anytime it's there's extra words in a in a set that are only there to build bridges yeah. between material that are not a laugh point either, right? You know, I, Seinfeld. Uh, I was watching some Seinfeld recently, and he does. <clears throat> there's sets I've seen him do, like on late night and stuff. That he it, it's like five completely unrelated thoughts in a row, mm-hmm. but he's clever enough that he'll th- throw a two or three word transition that make it sound like it's all part of one chunk. If it's done well and you can't tell the transitions there, that's fine. It is weird, but but I was like, you know, because I'm, you know, we're comedians, we're super hyper analytical and, and, and critical or whatever, you know, I was like, 
he doesn't need these, but but I get it. I get it. You know, like it does. It feels like all one fluid thing, mm-hmm. and it fits with what he does. You know, but there's also people I've seen just do five unrelated things and be like beans, cool. Uh, the sky, no, and then yeah, I, almost I, the fact that he's jumping through, you know. Uh, the lack of transition is his transition or whatever. But yeah, you don't yeah. notice it. It doesn't really change your, you know. It is weird when it's <laughs> it's completely forced, you know. Yeah. And that and I that's the first time I ever rode a horse. Speaking of road, <laughs> I was on the road recently when I was going to Disney World, and then you go to your Disney World chunk, and it's like. Hey. But but it's funny that even these little words, because I know that Seinfeld. That- it's very conservative with his use of extra words, which is something I like about sure, him. Sure, yeah, yeah. But even those extra words, you picked up on it. You're like, nah, I, yeah. You, you rejected the extra word. He's making it sound like all one thing when it's just like that was a grocery store bit, and this is yeah. a relationship bit. You know, it's, it's ingenuine, right? It, it, it's, I mean, it's like don't try and trick me into thinking that's this. But he is tricking everybody, right? Right. You know, it is working. You know, but it didn't work on you. It was, you know, I can't remember exactly the good example, but he was like, he's like, you know. I'm not trying to get us both on the same page criticizing Seinfeld. Right, right. Just to be clear. Oh, yeah. Definitely not. Great respect for him. Yeah, it's definitely not a criticism. It's a, uh, it's just us learning what he, you know, he's he's a master in what he does and sort of like an interesting, this idea of like, you know, no, we're, I think you and I are interested in the math of it. You know, Mm -hmm. we're looking at the math of like, oh, this is like, he just said grocery store. And he's like, and you're there with your, you know, he's like, and you're looking at your girlfriend like, what? You know, I mean, girlfriends, they do give you these looks. They do, you know, and he's mm-hmm. just like, he's like, now you're talking, you were just talking about the grocery store and you tricked me into thinking that was a segue into this See, that's relationship that's thing. much better done. But yeah, he's very, it's very, it's almost like sleight of hand is what he's doing. Yeah. I almost feel like. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, like also it's like when we, when we are, I, I definitely feel, I remember a, a, a part of my comedic, you know, evolution that I, I started seeing how I could connect bits together. And that, that was an interesting puzzle jigsaw to put together of being like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I have like a five minute chunk now on, you know, uh, weddings or, or, you know, or, and that I actually love. Yeah. Like it is figuring out when you have matching things that you can put together. Yeah. 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 Rather than trying to force two things that don't go together to get that's Yeah. That's the, the do thing. Do you do you, does it bother you because so many people aren't as good at Seinfeld as the sleight of hand yes. connecting and it's so <laughs> obtuse. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't stand it. I also, you know, I I get um I do feel I think a thing that uh, bothers me is when I uh, I see too much stand up in a row just sort of feel like there's you know, it doesn't bother me in stand as much. I, I feel like sketch sketch comedy. It bothers me when I go to a sketch comedy show, and it's just six sketches in a row, and they just after each sketch they just black out, play a little bit of music, and then bring up the next sketch. That's just that's like ninety percent of all sketch shows I've ever seen. And uh-huh. I, to me, I'm always like, that's you have an opportunity to do something in between these sketches you know uh-huh. uh heavyweight sketch group i uh work with uh that's uh you know we we're, we're hoping to, we're trying to do this thing with laughly.com soon that's supposed to uh, hopefully come out soon and we're like doing this like stream of consciousness sort of sketch audio sketch show and uh and it's not just sketch music sketch music sketch me you know we love the idea of like trying to find some sort of Connective, right. weird something like that mr happened. show did that perfectly yeah, yeah yeah 
Mr. Show does, I'm trying to think what other uh, sketch shows out there, you know, like, um, where, yeah, the transition in itself could, is an opportunity for a joke. I feel, yeah. you know, like it's an, uh, and, and on stage shows, you know, like, uh, I remember like one time we did a sketch show that we were like, what if this whole sketch show in between is we're just Southwest airline, you know, like flight attendants, you know how they're always trying to tell jokes in the beginning. Yeah. And what if they're just like, you know, like, hi guys, where are you? And they're joking is like, actually, you know, uh, it's, it, you know, Helen, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I was actually, uh, just at Starbucks the other day and, and this happened and then we go to a Starbucks sketch mm-hmm. and then at the end of it, we're like, we just pop back out. It was like, anyway, uh, please put on your seatbelts at all times. And then, then right, the right. whole show is just their like spiel in the beginning, you know? And then of course the plane winds up crashing and they're still doing the bits and everything towards <laughs> the end. But like, that was, yeah. a, that's a fun connective, you know, thing. And so stand up too, I'm like, uh, you know, like, uh, can we... You know, I think I like Bo Burnham does a good job uh, of like having some sort of like weird through line throughout the show. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be spectacular, you know, spectacle like that. You know, like uh, Ali Wong had a great like sort of th- through line with her show, you know, her yeah. stand up special and stuff. I like a through line. Yeah. I yeah. Like and the through line can kind of be that transitional, can, you know, yeah. a way to connect it all together. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. like when it's done clunky, you yeah. know, I, I guess that's really what it comes Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I but like that a, sentence. <laughs> like I don't done like clunky. when it's done clunky. <laughs> done clunky. Wasn't that the book he wrote? Done clunky. <laughs> done clunky. <laughs> uh, we may as well get back to it there. That's a good um, transition back to our guy, uh, Cervantes, I guess. Uh, in his novel, Don Quixote, Cervantes says fiction is dangerous to our mental health. He said that? Yeah. Fiction is. Fiction is dangerous to our mental health. But he wrote fiction. I guess. The best first modern novel, which would have been fiction. So, And he thought it was... All right. Dangerous to our... He says, country nobleman Alonzo Xano is a normally rational man. He reads too many romantic medieval stories, goes crazy, and believes he's a knight. He hallucinates adventures and gets hurt by every battle because he allows himself to believe lies. Kind of like walking right up to a gangster who's high right. with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he won't be able to shoot me. Right. He smoked it, it, Yeah, it does sound like a, the the uh, the earliest version of uh, TV will rot your brain. Uh-huh. Those yeah. books will rot your brain. Wow. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you go out there and quit reading those books. You'll get stupid. You'll think you're a knight and just walk right up to him. He's so high on Pete Moss, he won't even be able to stab me with his lance. Cervantes says Quixote should have been truthful and read historical texts with good morals. Even Quixote himself echoes this sentiment later on. However, certain characters in the book find Don Quixote's idealism inspiring, showing that Cervantes may have doubted his moral lesson. A musical, Man of La Mancha. Oh, yeah. Take, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of it too, but I, don't, I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to go to that. <laughs> I was supposed to hear La Mancha La all of a sudden. Oh, shit. <laughs> that reminds me. Five years ago, I was supposed to go to that. I was supposed to go to that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got so much going on, I can't. <laughs> Completely forgot. 
A musical Man of La Mancha takes the viewpoint that Don Quixote is a folk hero for dreamers who want the most out of life. So does fiction lead to crazy or is it okay to indulge in untruths if they inspire us? So wait, hold on. So Don Quixote is a book, right? Don Quixote is the book by Cervantes. Okay. And I guess the point of the book is that fiction is bad for the mind because uh, it tells lies and it can drive you to madness. And I think Mana La Mancha takes the viewpoint of uh, maybe it's okay to indulge in it because if the untruths can inspire us. Oh, he's a devil advocating his own point. No, the the musical says that. The musical's... The musical's devil's advocating. Oh, wait, did he write Man of La Mancha? I don't think so, no. I think ah, that, yeah. okay. Oh, the Man of La Mancha is about uh, a viewpoint about Don Quixote. So Man, Man of La Mancha is fan fiction. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was about a hungry man. Man, man, of, La, man of the Munchies. <laughs> man of La Mancha. Oh, <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's what I was supposed to see. Man of La Munchies. There's a... <laughs> At the Goofball Theater, there's some... The Goofball. Let's go see it. Some sort of parody. By the way, you know what that also bothers me when sketches always end with the person dying? The you old, notice that? The old gunshot. There's so out. many sketches that yeah. just... And then they're dead. And then they're dead. Well, because, you know, it, it's heightening. And mm -hmm. so sometimes when you heighten, dead is, you know, you're either God or you're dead. That's the, you know, yeah. you can't heighten anything past death or God. So right. That's usually where it goes. Right? I see a lot of sketches end with, and then he's dead. Yeah. And then he has AIDS. <laughs> and then they all die. AIDS is a heightening. <laughs> you know, um, there's, always, there's always like funny, 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 dark ending, you know, cut to black. Yeah. It's a, I don't know. It's an easy. It's an easy out. Yeah, well, he did. You know, it's like, like early improv. Like you ever see that Steve Carell, uh, that improv scene he did in the office where he's taking improv classes and he just keeps killing everybody in his improv <laughs> scenes, you know? Because uh, yeah, that is like, it's, whenever you took improv class, that was a, there was always like a bunch of level one people that would just kill everybody in the yeah. scene. And, and if you can't think of an out, endings are tough uh, for sketches. And, yeah. so it's like, and then he dies. It's just as a... Yeah, you know, like it's sort of a green thing to do. I think when most audiences see a sketch end, they're like, "Yeah, well, yeah. at least it ended." It ended. <laughs> <laughs> at least I'm not watching that anymore. Most, and I think it, you know a lot of it. I goes back to Saturday Night Live with like the whole like anticlimactic ending. Yeah, they're the notorious of just it, it just it, 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 doing it over and over and over until we're we're out. You know. They they do a lot of like you know when a rock and roll song doesn't have an ending they just kind of slowly fade right right yeah and that's like to me that's like the big difference between sketch and stand up whereas stand up you end with a punch you end on a high and sketch you can end on a nothing or a low yeah you would never like just trail off a bit and be like this just sort of and then yeah. it's just this. <laughs> just fade. <laughs> But but seriously though, I mean like yeah, sh shoes you know shoes shoes are uh, you know time time yeah time they come on time and the music starts coming yeah, up. Yeah, Thank you just, for coming. Please check out who's coming in next. That'd be great to just on an album just kind of fade <laughs> out a, a rant. Yeah, that doesn't really have a point because you don't have an ending to it. Just fade it out. Yeah. 
All right, so I have a paragraph here from our guy, Miguel de Cervantes. I'm going to ask you to read it, and okay. uh, maybe we could go over it and see what we make. Oh, of great. It. So I'm going to read this paragraph right here. Yeah. Do I read context? You know, it's almost funny, like, when you say that, it's almost like we're lying. So I'm going to read this paragraph right here. <laughs> yeah, this paragraph. On this piece of paper, <laughs> and then can you put in, like, a paper sound effect later? Yeah. The one with the words? Yeah, that one. This one right here. Just put the sound effect in the whole time. This paragraph. Context, Don Quixote has found a farm girl and convinced himself she is Lady Delciania, the noble woman he must fight for. Paragraph. He didn't sleep all night thinking about his lady, Delciania, to confirm with the, what he'd read in his books. And the poor Hidalgo was so bestotted. God, I've mispronounced most of these words so far. That's why LOL is important. <laughs> LOL. Can we just actually get a pen? I'm gonna Maybe it is moving in the right direction. <clears throat> and he LOL'd the poor Hidalgo. <laughs> he was, whew. All right. He didn't sleep all night thinking about his lady, Dulcinea. He, to conform with what he'd read in his books. And the poor Hidalgo was so besotted that neither touch nor smell nor any of the maiden's other attributes could make him notice his mistake, even though they'd have made anyone but a muleteer vomit. Poets themselves invent most of their ladies to have something to write about and to make people think they have it in them to be lovers. Interesting. I, gotta, do you ever, I have to read everything twice. And the poor dog was somebody said, and he touched his smile, and he was going to make him notice a mistake. Wait, what is his mistake? I guess that he's projected something onto her, put her on a pedestal, I'm guessing. Even though, because even though the context that on. you read. So he made like an ugly lady? He didn't sleep all night. <laughs> <laughs> This is why I did so bad in school. Yeah, me Because I'd have to read a, I'd have to read a question fifteen times and like pens down. I'm like I'm like still writing my name in, man. You know. Yeah. He didn't sleep all night thinking about his lady to conform what he'd read in his books. And the poor that was so beside him, he touched the smell and any of his could make him notice his mistake. So he just, he just what he just put a, he made her into something she wasn't. Maybe. I'm getting, that's what I got out of it. Oh, I see. And, okay, so he made her into a big thing. Okay, interesting. So he made her into something bigger than what she was. Yeah. Is that, that she was hotter than what she was? Going back to before, we're saying that fiction is dangerous. I'm guessing the theme is that because he's exercising his imagination and projecting something mm -hmm. onto someone uh, yeah. that they aren't would, would fit into the theme of, you know, fiction oh, sure, being dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Don't dream. Don't uh is, is that what he's saying? Uh, maybe maybe you know there is this like this idea of like uh you know uh you, the world is don't get don't create an un unobtainable world, you know, of just you know don't don't think you could ever truly be happy. You're kidding yourself. You yeah. know. Your goals are too high, you're just going to be miserable. Set low goals. I think so. Yeah. Then if cruise you, through life. Um, um, if, yeah, you can't be disappointed if you're not expecting anything. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't expect anything, you'll never be disappointed. Until one day you wake up and you're like, I'm so disappointed in myself for not expecting anything. 
Maybe I would have suspected some things I would have been driven to try to obtain them. Because that's happened. I've, yeah. I've definitely set goals too low at certain points. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you know, just getting out of bed is... I should have tried a little harder there. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I, I, have, a, I have a friend and then we talk about he creates goals and mm-hmm. then he thinks they're very important. And I sort of feel like, God, life is just so... It's just so out of our... Uh, uh, control of what happens. All we have control over, because I here's my I, my philosophy uh, has always been just con- you just concentrate on anything you have any control over. You know, mm-hmm. listen, you could uh, I don't know you could John John Stewart. I don't know if he ever knew he was going to be the host of The Daily Show when he started stand-up. I don't think Drew Carey knew he was going to host The Price is Right. I don't know if Conan knew he, he, would, he would have his own talk show when he was writing for The Simpsons. I don't know. Yeah. But I think they always just did the work, and they moved forward in the work, and it got them to a place that you know that of, of a level of success and or, or you know of, of mm-hmm. a goal achieved that they didn't even know was a goal or whatever. So you know, I have friends who's just like, no, you if you want to be on Saturday Night Live or you want to be a writer for TV, you you know, or, or you have this this goal. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I was like, I want to write for a sitcom on NBC. That's my dream of my life, and that's the only thing I want to work on. You know, then maybe you, yeah, I spend all my time writing NBC sitcom pilot pitches or something Stamp like them that. all with an yeah. NBC peacock. Da, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know if I want to, maybe it's the Salvador Dali situation of like, if I have an I- comedic idea and I think that's best expressed in a pilot, then I will write that pilot and then try to sell that pilot. Or if it's best expressed in a stand-up, I put it in stand-up. And then all this work, one day I look in the rearview mirror and see where it got me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe I don't know. I, you know, I don't know. Then I can't be like, I never got to be in uh, whatever in a Saturday Night Live, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no, I uh, put out a sketch show that I feel really good about, and, and then uh, I got to do some acting and other things and sketches and other things people did. And that's that's I'm content with the work I did. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Is it is it do you do you think goals are like. I don't know. I get goals, specific goals. I just feel like you're setting yourself up for. <laughs> I, I mean, disappointment. I, yeah, I have a lot of goals I wrote down once. Okay, I didn't really achieve too many. Did you of them. revisit them? Yeah. What were some of the goals? Hit it big. Yeah, I think that's a little. <laughs> that's too big. I think that's a little too. <laughs> what a what decade did you write this? Uh... Make it big time in Glamour Town. <laughs> Get a get a piece of that glitz. <laughs> I don't know because Meet I, Frank. Sometimes the goals are good. I mean, what I learned is that you have to have many goals leading up to goals for, to get anywhere. I think I think goals that uh, involve a, um, an action are better than goals that uh, are a result. Mm-hmm. So if your goal, I think a better goal is to be like, I want to finish this screenplay by the end of the year. Right. That's yeah. as opposed to, I want to win an Oscar. That's that's you what know? I meant by like a mini okay, goal. Okay, cool. Like cool. the steps you can take. Yeah, I think those are more productive. Yeah, because you can actually take them. Yeah. But then eventually you get to one step where you're like, oh, I can't take this step. I need I need that guy to allow the step yeah. step access. That's that's where it becomes a little You don't have any control over but, that. But at least you did all those other steps. I think it's weird when people's goals are like, 
be famous is like a weird goal. Yeah. Like so this guy posted on Facebook the other day. He was just like, I've just, <laughs> I've decided that I don't want to be famous. Was. <laughs> I just loved. He's like, I've decided I'd I'd rather write for other comedians, you know, uh-huh. which is like a, I don't know. That's just, it's just I just love the idea of like I've decided I don't want to be famous, you know. Like, yeah, uh, it's beneath me. Um, <laughs> he's turning it down. It's been yeah. Offered. I'm turning it down. You know, I've just I've weighed all the options, and I think just sort of obscurity is where I want to live because <laughs> I think that's how I really am going to make a lot of money. In this I would like deal. no one to know what I do. <laughs> yeah. I could tell my jokes into a jar and throw it into the ocean. I think that's, I, yeah, I, 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 to fame is a weird, that's a weird goal to have. My new goal is to work hard and be unnoticed. You, right. <laughs> just toil at a, just, just a very Sisyphusian life is what I really think would be the most. Where, leave. where did this great work come from? Not me, please. <laughs> Just, just sending anonymous screenplays into Hollywood. And, <laughs> Don't um, look over here. <laughs> how, I like. I always love the unknown comic. Remember that guy? He's yeah, a bag over his head. And I do. I would love the idea of being able to sell out tickets. I, I would actually love to sell out tickets, but then not be noticed walking down the street. You know, mm-hmm. I think that'd be the ideal. You just don't want to be bothered. <laughs> That's what, my goal is to not be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> I've decided to become very famous and not bothered at all. <laughs> yeah. All the all of the pluses of success and none of the inconveniences <laughs> that come with it. Can that be what it is? Yeah. I want to have it all and, and not pay for any of it. Well, we have uh, three quotes to round off the show here. I always ask the guest to read them and then we'll discuss them. Will you do the honors? Here? Quote number one. And then I just read the quote here. Yeah. That one right there. Like, totally not made up the truth may be stretched thin but it never breaks and always surfaces above lies as oil floats on water the truth may be stretched thin I feel like I'm on a I always love when um, when you do a trivia thing Uh and the guy one of your teammates tries to give you a hit by saying by giving stress on a different word they'll be like "Uh, the truth may be stretched (laughs) stretched okay the truth may be stretched thin, but it never breaks. And always, <laughs> that's a key word here, always surfaces above lies yeah. as oil. <laughs> I, I give hints on every word. Yeah. The truth <laughs> may. I thought it was funny when you were giving me examples before. You're like, John Stewart never knew he'd wind up hosting The Daily Show. Right. Drew Carey never knew he'd wind up. With the prices, right? I, my brain was already like with the Drew Carey show, right? But he might have seen the Drew Carey show coming. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he was like, "If there is ever a Drew Carey show, I bet I'm on it." <laughs> It'd be terrible if I wasn't on it, yeah. man. If there was like a Nick Vatterot show, and I was like, "God, I mean, I was, I was born for this." Yeah, we're gonna go. With, we're gonna go with Drew Carey on this one for the Nick Vatterot show. Yeah. yeah. This truth may be stretched thin. So what does this one mean? Truth may be stretched thin, but it never breaks. So you can kind of like get away. It always services above lies as well. It's always, So it's just better to tell the truth, right? You know. I, I think what he's saying there is that the truth will always win out over the lie. Like you'll always yeah. be able to see the truth. So it's like if, you're, if, you're, if you meet a girl, right, and you want to woo her... Mm-hmm. To that you eventually mate, mm-hmm. 
is that, which is the goal. Woo her is a funny word too. Woo. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am, but um, may I woo you for a moment? Uh, may I be your suitor? Yeah, you could be like, uh, so what do you do for a living? And you could be like, if you were like uh, like a waiter, you know? Mm-hmm. You could be like, uh, I'm pursuing acting. Or, you know, or... A stretch or, of the truth. stretch of the truth. It's like, I'll be honest, I haven't, like, I haven't really done anything in a while. I haven't like made the effort in a while. But a stretch of the truth, because that is an underlining dream or want. That you That is sort of why you haven't moved on from waiting tables, because you do have this. With but the to be like, to woo. I'm a famous actor. Yeah, you know, or I'm a, I'm that's a gonna, producer. It's that's a lie. The, the truth will rise It'll to the rise top, and the she'll top. S- soon find out. Yeah, that it's not that you just didn't want to be famous. It's just, I, you know, <laughs> it's there. Is it just being like I drive a fancy car? I wonder if lie. there's ever been anybody who was a successful actor, but honestly wanted to break into waitering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing the I'm just doing the movie star thing for a while, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to like uh, in their heart, they're like, one of these days, I'm gonna make it as a waiter. They go to restaurants. Like, they just hang around a little bit. Like, someday. you have a you have a reason for being here? No, I'm just. Mm. So like, how did you? So how did you book? How did you get this? How did you? <laughs> you just walked in and yeah, I just found an application. Oh, okay, and just anybody. That's so crazy, man. You just oh man! Do you ever just sit there and look around and be like, I get to do this every day. Oh I get man! To you know it would be really fun, and I, I'll invite you to do this with me if you want. <laughs> we do a, a mini series of podcasts interviewing waiters, like five or six. Of oh them, sure, yeah. Where we treat waiters like that's the thing. That'd be great. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. You know, it's funny. Uh, the first time I ever got recognized. No, yeah, it wasn't the first time, but I've gotten. It's funny because I've been. I've gotten twice. I've gotten recognized mm-hmm. as, as as a waiter, or someone was like. I remember, like, in, I was in Chicago, and like the first time anybody ever recognized me, they were like, "I saw you at a show a few weeks ago." You know, you're very funny. I was like, "Oh, thanks." I was like, you know, I was real. I was real embarrassed. You uh-huh. know, and then uh, why? So I, so, oh, I don't know. I was just no one had ever like complimented me before. Okay. You know, I'd never felt uh, validation in my life. Didn't know how to handle it, and then, uh, and then there was like a, somebody else was like, huh, you know, uh, hey, I, I, I saw you, this, you know," and then I wasn't as embarrassed. I was like, "Oh, well, you know, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe this will be a thing." You mm-hmm. know, yeah, I saw you were very funny. Thank you. And the third time it had happened, I was with somebody, and they're like, "Hey, I know you." I was like, "Well, here we go." <laughs> 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 Uh, I kind of looked at the person I was with. I was like, yeah, it's starting to get awkward now. You yeah. Know, that's <laughs> how the career's going, right? Yeah. And they're like, like, where do I know you from? I was like, well, I uh, I do comedy around the city. And they're like, no, that wasn't it. <laughs> and I was like, I, I do sketches and stuff. No, you were our waiter at TGI Fridays. Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh. Can we get our check? We never got our check. Um, but yeah, that was like the, <laughs> that was like a very humbling <laughs> which by the way that is what humbling is mm-hmm. humbling is when you, you it, that's a perfect example of humbling you think someone's recognizing you from doing comedy they recognize you from being a waiter that is humbling mm-hmm. uh every award show i ever see and also people posting on facebook all the time they're like guys i just got uh nominated for this award it's so humbling to be 
uh, nominated with that's the opposite of humble. It couldn't be less humbling. Yeah, and everybody and on a daily basis, people misuse humbling. You know, <laughs> no, that's like <laughs> being told you're the best. That couldn't be less humbling. You know, <laughs> it bothers the hell out of me. <laughs> Should I read this other quote? Yes, please. Let none presume to tell me that the pen is preferable to the sword. So this guy thinks swords are better? Mm-hmm. So far, that's what I'm getting. Let none... That's it? Let none presume... Let none presume... Presume. Presume. Presume is the hint. So he's... He, so this is a... Basically, this is... This guy, basically, this guy's a liberal. <laughs> Violent liberal. <laughs> You know what's been bothering me? The whole like, uh, so this guy thinks, this guy's like, no one presumed to tell me, you know, that's a weird word. No, let none presume, presume to tell me, presume. Little pretentious. Why say presume? You just say, let none tell me that the pen is preferable to the sword. The presumed thing's throwing me off. Just assume that the, the pen is preferable to the sword. Sometimes like, you got to get down and dirty, you know? Mm-hmm. You got to fight back a little bit. You know, a guy, like you ever see a movie where a guy's just asking to get hit? Just mm-hmm. asking to get hit in the movie. You know, like the guy, it's like uh, the guy in a romantic comedy, the girl that he's in love with, her shitty boyfriend, uh-huh. who's just sort of a jerk the whole time, you know? Uh, or did you see that movie? There, there's a Clarita or that Netflix thing with no. Drew Barrymore and it's like this guy I forget who oh, I can't remember the diet that. one yeah I saw the ads but like there's this the, I can't remember it is spoiler alert from the pilot the, the, the guy is such a dickhead that he gets when he gets eaten at the end because it's a zombie thing mm-hmm. you're like yes it feels good you know Loki is such a piece of shit the whole fucking time so when Hulk grabs him and beats the, it just feels good yeah there's something that you know it's like you shouldn't be violent but fuck you're being such a dick that you're just like you're just begging to get hit is yeah. what it is it shouldn't you shouldn't get hit you shouldn't hit him but you're fucking asking for it the way you're like you know he's like he's like Nazis and KKK people are like I just love a yeah. guy in a hood and another guy with a Hitler thing like oh my can't I can't say my I can't say my thing right <laughs> without them getting mad at me wanting to push me I thought what the those Nazis were saying is especially odd too because they did you hear the chant they were going Jews will not replace us Jews will not replace us but that's still assuming that someone would replace them yeah, who's got to replace it? They just didn't want it to be Jews. They're like, look, we're very, <laughs> very replaceable. <laughs> Jews not replaced us. We're okay if maybe it was like the Irish or something. Yeah, but, that's, <laughs> but not Jews, okay? Yeah. We know we Jeez, need to go. Anything about the Jews. <laughs> that's such so, a specific. That's a specific word to be mean. I was thinking last night, I was like, I was like, do racists? Because like sometimes when I'm like sad, you know, uh, I'll put on like sad music that matches my sadness like if i'm thinking about like a a relationship i'll put on some sad relationship music or if i'm thinking about just like what is the point of it all put on some weird like you know maybe some emo music or i don't know whatever it is i listen to i don't know i've never i've never really talked to me i don't know what i listen to but like but like do you think like uh you think like racist like do they have like sad music that sort of reflects like are they are they like sometimes in their pickup truck and they're just kind of depressed about their racism sometimes when we turn yeah 
Why no one lets me hate you the way <laughs> I want to hate you so bad. <laughs> you know. I've got all these thoughts I want to express. They're hateful <laughs> thoughts, but hey, I guess. <laughs> it would be nice to live in a world where I could hate freedom. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a tear in his eye and it's sunset in the background. What happened to the world of hate that I knew? <laughs> Where you could hate a Muslim or a Jew. <laughs> oh man, that'd be amazing. We should put out some like hate, like soul, like music to be depressed to when you want to hate, you know? My brother and I just remembered when we were kids, came up with something called the racist blues. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, it was, I hate the gays and especially Jews, but I can't make fun of them where it makes the news. <laughs> I really hate, uh, oh, I really hate how gays wear them ruby red shoes. I got the racist blues. <laughs> it's got a real, it's like yeah. a, a snazzy uh, blues. Yeah, yeah. Album. yeah. Like we used that. to come up with songs when we'd be at my grandparents' house in, uh, in Florida in, in the retirement community. Okay. So we would write all these weird songs together. And oh, that that's great. Yeah. Did you perform them for the... Uh... For our grandparents. Yeah? Yeah, my grandma would love them. She'd be like, you have to write this down before you forget <laughs> it. <laughs> that's so great. she tell my grandpa, Leo, Leo, listen to what they came up with. <laughs> it was the best audience in the world. Oh, man. Grandparents are a great audience. Yeah. I, I wouldn't trade any audience for that audience. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, you, I mean, they already love you. I remember my grandma sitting there with a yellow notepad. You know those? Oh yeah. One of the yellow pads where you flip the papers over. Yeah, super, uh, not functional. Like a legal pad. A legal pad. Yeah, yeah. And she's writing in, in cursive. You know everything we said. No, repeat that last line. Oh, I've got great. the races blues, Grandma. I've got the. <laughs> How old were you when you did this? Oh, I would say like fifteen or something. Oh, wow, my that's brother. Great. My brother. Uh, that I did this was six years younger. So oh wow, yeah. that's great. Yeah, she should have been your manager. She yeah, like uh... oh my grandma was hip to everything. She yeah. she turned me on to all the cool stuff. Yeah, she 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 told me about Seinfeld after the pilot aired. Really? Yeah, she, she was she. This is gonna be great. She, she's like, I found this show. It's fantastic. She started taping them after episode one. Really? Yeah. Wow. She turned me on to my. My still favorite movie, American Splendor. She she made me go see it, which okay, yeah, which yeah, was a huge change. Paul Giamatti, yeah, yeah, and uh, wow, and what good taste. Craig Ferguson. She called me up. She's like, "There's a new guy, and he's a wonderful raconteur." <laughs> <laughs> raconteur. That's uh, uh, that's uh, uh, who doesn't uh, vomit from Dulcinea. <laughs> The wreckage. And the poor Hidalgo besotted, neither touch or smell the maidens that could make even a, what'd you say? Raconteur. Raconteur vomit. Um, so we have a third quote, right? Third quote. Here we go. One character in why Don Quixote's idealism is good. Don't you see? Whatever utility there might be in curing him, it could never match the pleasure he gives with his madness. Interesting. So is that for the pleasure that other people get out of him or the pleasure he gives himself from his insanity? Hmm. I want to think it's the second one. I think like if you live in a in a world that's crazy, but you're happy in that crazy, because that, that same grandma who I was telling you about, this fits 
perfectly into this. She has Alzheimer's now. Mm-hmm. And um, she lives in her own world. Yeah. But she seems happy there. She's happy, though? I think so. I think she's happy in this world because um, I was telling my wife, like, you know who wants to cure Alzheimer's? People who are related to people with Alzheimer's. Yeah. I wonder if people who have Alzheimer's really care to cure it. Or the deeper they get into it, the yeah. more of a happy land they live in. It might be like a transition between this world and heaven, if, if you will. There's something weird about it. Um, you know, I, I think when it becomes frustrating to them, they don't. That's they don't, the, yeah, the frustration. That's where it gets. But then weird. once it gets past the frustrating part. It is weird because like there's a lot of uh, people with Alzheimer's. Um, they they want to go home. That's a common yes. thing. They always want to go home. And, That's uh, exactly my grandma. Yeah. She she said to me when I was there for my grandfather's funeral, she goes, I want to go home. And she lives with my parents. Yeah. That's where she was. So I said, well, yeah. grandma, you, you are home right now. Where do you want to go? Thinking she wanted to go back to her apartment that she lived in with my grandfather. Yeah. And she told me an address in the Bronx. And I looked it up. And I, I said to my dad, do you know anything about this address? And he's yeah. like, oh, I think grandma lived there like until she was like 10. Did you take her there? No. I, I showed it her on uh, on Google Earth, you know? Yeah. I showed her the building, but she was unhappy to see it. Um, so my grandma, same thing too. She was like, when I was like a kid, you know, she was like the most supportive of my comedic, you know, uh, foolery, you know. I feel like I always got in trouble for uh, being a comedic kid, and she sort of supported it. She would take me to like uh, the there was a magic store. And she'd buy me all these practical jokes, hand buzzers, and you know, all that stuff. And whenever there was a comedic movie, she was you know I'd take me to see a movie. She'd stay up uh, watching Carol Burnett. She'd let me watch Carol Burnett, and she was very funny too. She's one of the funniest people. Um, and, you know, by the way, my grandma took me to see Carol Burnett. Oh, really? Yeah. How, was it uh, like a live show? A live show. Was when it Conway she came and everybody? To West was Palm it just Beach, her? Just her. Wow. Q&A. Do you remember it? Yeah, she just mostly did Q&A with the audience. Wow. And uh, people came around with mics, and it was a big theater. And I, I remember I got a huge laugh, which felt great. My grandma was so proud of me. because oh, that's great. I, I, I got a, the mic, and I, I asked the question. I said, I don't have anywhere to stay tonight. Can I crash on your couch? <laughs> That's amazing. The whole theater wrote because everything was at when you were doing season two of the right, movie. Right, right. Yeah, my question. Did you guys make each other laugh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like when you guys broke. You yeah, know? yeah. Oh, that's an amazing question to ask. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, wow, what a treat to see Carol, man. Um, and she burst out laughing on stage too. You she, made Carol Burnett laugh. I made her laugh, at which what felt age? great. Uh, this was uh, not that long ago. I would say, well, but. 15 years ago. I guess that is kind of long ago. Uh, yeah, it would have been about like uh, 20 or so. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great you did that, though. Yeah. And you got to laugh. That's so... Yeah. Making Carol Burnett laugh is a huge... You can put that in your resume. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there it is. There it is. And now who do I give this to? Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my grandma being so funny, um, when she started to kind of go through that, the whole thing, it was like, it was a real bummer, you know? Uh, but she would talk about going home all the time. She wanted to go home, and we like looked it up. That's how we learned this is a common thing. And so I think my mom like took her 
she was like, where? And she's like, and like one day she was just like, she, my grandma would like leave the house mm-hmm. and they would find her like up the street because she was like trying to go home. So my mom would be like, I think once or twice she was just like, okay, I'm going to, we're going to go. We're going to go home. And she goes, okay. Even though they're in the house they've been living in for like decades. Mm-hmm. So they went to the house that they lived before that and they took her there. And she was just like, this isn't it. It's like, but this is where you wanted to go. And it's like, yeah, but this. So even if you like took her to that Brooklyn place, in Bronx, she, yeah. she or Bronx, she still would have been like, this isn't it. So it's like this. I'd like, like to imagine we get there and we open it up and it's her childhood family. And I'm like, we traveled. Ah, family. yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> Which, wouldn't that be kind of cool? I'd be like, Grandma, I see, this is not. Wait a minute. They're like, Elaine, you're late for dinner. And she's like, oh, I know. I've been telling them for a while. I needed to come home. Like Scrooged. Uh, or like <laughs> Bill Murray, you know, like, uh, yeah, you go into the uh, Christmas past type of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, maybe she, it is weird. I don't know. It's such a weird disease that no one quite knows what's going on, you know? But like, uh, yeah, what if your mind is like time traveling back? and yeah seeing another time maybe even existing in that time somehow i like to think that time is is um you know going back to the idea of god is above time Mm -hmm. so like your question of when who created god wouldn't be wouldn't matter because there'd be no timeline of creation it just always was so so if time all exists at once yeah in in the eyes of God, so to speak, then right. time is all happening right now. Like Moses is walking through the water sure. as we're talking. My grandma is sitting with her family having dinner as a kid. Yeah. It's all happening at once. Right. So maybe as the brain descends into a state of Alzheimer, I don't know if you'd call it a state, but it right. become um, in dementia. Um, you start leaving the world of time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all time exists at one time. Yeah. And maybe that's death. Like, death is like you live in a time above time. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's a transition between time and no time. I, I, I wouldn't, like, if they're physically, or their soul, the physical soul is, like, bouncing in and out of these moments that just are all happening at the same time. Yeah. And then, and then, they're, and then they pop back into where we are in this. Yeah. Dimen- the, the idea of like the dimensions are length, uh, length with, uh, time, I think is the third dimension. Is that right? Not when you're measuring lines. No, no depth. High. Yeah. <laughs> well, it takes a lot. <laughs> hey, hi, hey, how tall is that chair? It's about four hours. <laughs> I don't think you're doing it right. Uh, that's what it is. Length, width. First dimension is length. Second dimension is uh, height. Third dimension is depth. Mm-hmm. That's 3D. Fourth dimension is time. Um, and then the idea of, of us moving, you know, through that dimension of we experiencing these things. But yeah, you're right. This idea of it, that they're already there. We're just like, yeah. a road is a road. A road is, exists, but you experience that road as you drive down the road. So that road that you're at right now is where that road is right now. But that doesn't mean any other aspect of the road is existing more or less. Right. Which is like when you're playing in a video game and the road starts appearing in pieces in front of you. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. They didn't do a good enough job with this game. It's only just appearing now. It should have been there the whole time. So do you know about the, do you know this, this, 
theory right now that we live in a simulated universe, that we're actually a computer program. I think I've heard something about that. So uh, this idea, and they use that example, they go, well, right now there is, um, uh, this is super crazy, but like, so in video games, the world only exists when you look at it, right? So the, the road is like uh, rendering it's putting together like as you you can watch it coming together yeah uh but in in video game world what what, what is right in front of you is in more detail because you see that mm-hmm. but they use this to save cpu like in a computer none of the world exists outside of what you're looking at right and then they piece it together as you turn your head or you drive your car uh things far away are rendered with not as much um detail because they're so far away, you don't really need to see it. Like video games now, if you look down at the grass, you could probably see like a ladybug on the thing, but they're not putting ladybugs on grass way like a, a mile away because you can't see that far and it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. So there's so basically when you look at something, it affects how it acts, right? Yeah. In a video game world, it doesn't exist if you're not looking at it. If it's if you're looking at it closer, it's got more detail. If it's further away, it has less detail. So how you look, you looking at it affects it. So have you ever heard of this uh, thing they did uh, where they shot photons uh, through? Uh, basically, they, they they put two slits in a in a in a uh, like a wall, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and they fired if they fire ping if you fire ping pong balls through the uh, like through the air, and they go through these slits. Uh, they kind of like, and they stuck to a wall, they would kind of like be in a more or less two different lines that are sort of, you know, reflective of, of, of the holes, the slits in the thing. But if you put water and you hit water, when waves go through the, the water, they hit the wall all different, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because like rings come in and the rings affect each other and all that stuff. Yeah. So they fired this, they wanted to know what light was. So they're basically like water... Water goes through these slits and how they react after they pass through these holes, they react different than solid matter does. They're trying to figure out light. It's funny how like little kids and scientists have the same questions. Oh, yeah. Why? (laughs) Why? 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 What is light? <laughs> what, is, what is it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all of us. It is love. And, and you're like, I'm not buying it. Old Testament, remember? Yeah. I'm calling bullshit again. Um, but they, uh, so they're trying to figure out, yeah, if it's matter or not. And they were like, well, if it it um, if it if it ends up in a couple slits, like the ping pong balls, then light is like matter. But if it it goes all over the wall, then it's like uh, uh like water. Then it's like some sort of like non solid. Mm-hmm. And what's weird was is that when they fired uh. When they fired it through, and I'm I'm doing my best. I'm probably getting a little bit of it wrong, but when they fired it through the slits. I can't remember what exactly it did, but it it like it and it uh, it it ended like the ping pong ball or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But then like um, but then they shot one. They did this thing where like they they shot the um thing. They shot one through the slit, and they're trying to figure out which one it was going through. Mm-hmm. So then they set up a camera, and they started watching it. And when they set the camera out, instead of it ending like the ping pong ball and i might be getting it reversed of which one was would happen but uh when they didn't have the camera up the 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 light would uh, go like you know slits but when they set the camera up it acted like a wave so 
the action of just watching it changed how it wow. existed, which, and this has been good. This is like a, like a, I think the early 1900s, they did this thing, you know? Um, and so they were basically being like, I think this is sort of the beginnings of like quantum science and stuff like that. Probably so, also the inspiration for the WB frog. <laughs> It's exactly the WB frog. Free beer. (laughs) Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. My ragtime gal. (laughs) And then everyone looks at it and stops. That's exactly basic. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, once it was not watched, it it changed the whole thing of it. So they were like, if we live in a simulated universe, they can't figure out, basically, they figured out that the, that the, 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 photon both exists and doesn't exist through the two different slits at the same time some people think that there's another universe this would be uh there's other dimensions so when it goes through the left slit then in another uh uh, dimension it's going through the right and therefore it's that's why it's able to exist in both at the same time watching it but they don't i don't think they get why watching it affects it unless uh we live in a simulated universe where if you don't look at something it just does what it Wow. What mathematically it should do, but when you look at it, and we need to actually see the detail that it changes on the details of how it does it or not. That's crazy, though, That's right? Amazing. So us living in a simulated universe is completely ridiculous that we're inside a computer until like you hear some of these arguments and you're like, hmm, weird. Wow. Well, you know, it's it's a good metaphor for life in a way. It's just like focus on what's in front of you, right? You Don't know? worry about anything outside of this because it might not even be happening. You can only affect what's right here. Like going back to like those goals and like these right. ideas of like Saturday Night Live and this and that. It's like that's all over there. Right. Focus yeah. on what you can do right here, right yeah. now. Like can you make something funny right here? Yeah. Just do that. See where it takes you. But yeah. But but almost like this idea of that funny status that you brought up of like I decided now to be famous. It's almost like I've decided to control my fate. Right. You, you yeah. know, it's, it's, I, I've decided to play God with myself. You know what? Watch fate just in spite of him. He becomes the most famous oh, guy. Oh, like, yeah. Maybe that's that was exactly, his plan. Maybe he was ex- trying to. He knew. He, he was, knew. He was like, you know what? I know how to get famous. Yeah. I don't want it. I, I don't want any. Oh, it's exactly what'll happen. Yeah. He'll be the most famous of anybody. <laughs> He's yeah. just going to be sitting in his damn dressing room, sipping scotch, going, I didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> I put it on Facebook. <laughs> I didn't want this. <laughs> and I, there's the proof. 16 likes, two hearts, and a wow face. <laughs> I never understood that wow is as sarcastic or supportive. But... Oh, man, this is a pleasure. Thanks for coming well, thanks, in. Thanks, man. I, I, I don't know if any of it made sense. It's all getting but cut. It's so, yeah. <laughs> it's just me going, man of la munchies. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you again to our sponsor, BetterHelp who reminds you to go and get 10% off your first month with discount code MDP by simply going to betterhelp.com MDP. Get some counseling. It's really worth it. Believe me, I wouldn't be at this point without counseling. I would not be as, what I don't know if I could call it, mentally stable, but I, you know, I, w- I would be much worse. So definitely something good to do for yourself. Highly recommend it.
And uh, hey, would you like to be the first person to leave five stars and a nice rating slash comment, whatever it is, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, whatever you call that? Well, if you are, I will read it on the air next week. Go ahead and jump on there because we don't have any for 2020 yet. And uh, if you're the second or third, I'll read that too. So jump on there, leave a nice review, leave some positive words, encouragement for a guy who's just doing his best to raise a freaking baby in this world that we live in. Go on and leave some love. And of course, if you really want to go for it, I mean, if you're really that kind of guy or gal, go to moderndayphilosophers.net and contribute something to keep the show going. It doesn't have to be much, 500 bucks, 1,000, sure, 30,000 is accepted. Wouldn't get me out of debt, but it would be a nice chunk. Hey, you know what? Go for the full 100,000. Why stop there? Look, even five bucks. All right, $2. I won't push it. Also, launching a Patreon page. So you can actually uh, look it up on Patreon. It's up. Or you can wait till next episode when I'll give you the link. But it's going to be pretty good. It's going to have lots of old interviews and lots of extra content and photos and videos and comic books. So hopefully you guys will sign up for Patreon so I can keep doing this while also being a dad with all the expense that that incurs. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. Share this podcast with your friends. Share it with people who you have no relationship with at all. And if you don't like it, share it with your enemies. Please get the word out about Modern Day Philosophers. Uh, Tweet, Facebook, stand on the corner with the street sign. And until next time, thank you for tuning in. And I will be back soon enough with another exciting and, I know you will guess, jam-packed episode of Modern Day Philosophers. Thank you. Good night. Adios. Farewell. And shalom. Bye.